History Makers with Matt Prater. Coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems, but I kept chasing after God. And he's using this vehicle to bring people out of the dark into the light. And I went forward and I knelt at the front, and it, it was a radical conversion experience. And that's where the big change happened, and that's where we decided we're going to use our music for God, we're going to change our songs. When I was about 25 year old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're chatting with Jesus. Well, it's Jonathan Rumi who plays the character of Jesus in the Chosen TV series. He's also been in the Jesus Revolution movie, a brilliant movie. Uh, and also, we're going to be chatting with Dallas Jenkins, who is the creator of The Chosen. Welcome along to this special edition of History Makers. Good day, Matt. How are you? Very good, uh, mate. That's as, that's as much as you'll get from my Australian accent there. What prepared you to do the role of Jesus? I think life's hard lessons <laughs> prepared me for for the role of Jesus. Um, I think I was brought to my knees quite literally um, months before I got cast in the role. And uh, I, I think the, the lessons in humility that that God taught me um, in, in my in my own personal life was something that allowed me to to be uh, ready to to take on hopefully the uh, the mantle of, of Christ Himself in this series and uh, it's it's a lesson that I still have to learn every day. Well, mate, uh, I've been so excited about season four coming out. Um, tell us what can we expect from this new series. You can expect a more mature season, uh, one of the most complex and uh, challenging seasons for a number of different reasons uh, This in, for, in season four. Um, I think one of the, uh, the most compelling things that has come out of uh, filming season four is that, uh, you know, despite a lot of the themes of, of loss and of the need to to listen to to Jesus, you know, the disciples need to to find their way and and listen to to what he's to do that. Um, with, with all of that happening, that at the end of the day, Jesus is still on a mission. He still is in charge. He's still going to accomplish what he set out to do, and ultimately, that is to to be the savior of mankind. And mate, I've got so many great memories of watching with my family. Uh, it's amazing uh, how it's brought the message of Jesus to life. Um, have you got any favorite uh, scenes, like, you know, the Sermon on the Mount or healing the leper or, you know, reaching out to Mary Magdalene? Is there a favorite scene for you that stands out to you? Yeah, there, you know, there's a there's a number of different scenes. It's hard to, to pick one that is like the all-out favorite. Um I think some of my strongest, you know, connections are to some of the early, the first scenes we did. Um, that first encounter with Mary Magdalene still one of my favorite entrances for a character. You know, Jesus walks into a bar. I mean, it sounds like the setup for a joke, and uh, and and then he changes Mary Magdalene's life. And and um, you know, from that same season, meeting with Nicodemus on the rooftop, and. Um, quoting scriptures, John 3.16. And, and uh, this season, there's so much that we draw from um, scripture-wise that I think are just going to be so beautiful and so powerfully uh, um, 
you know, elevated to in, in, in the sense of that now you're immersed in a theater surrounded by, you know, your fellow fans, uh, experiencing these, these stories from scripture in a way that, that have never been done before on a scale that, that has never been done for, for a television show, especially. So, um, yeah, there's just so much I'm excited about the season. And mate, is there any plans to come to Australia? Like we'd love to see the headline, Jesus comes to Australia. Any plans to come down under mate? Uh, I, I would love to. Um, I'm always trying to figure out a way where if, if not at least professionally, then personally, just for a visit, because I've never been there. It's on my bucket list of places to visit. So uh, hopefully I'll get there, make God willing, in, in 2024 at some point. Oh, very cool, mate. Well, we're about to wrap up. Before we go, I've heard you do a really good Ronald Reagan impression. Uh, are you able to do a quick one of those for us before we wrap up? Well, if Ronald Reagan was coming to Australia... He might sound a little like this. Good day, mate. <laughs> Very good, Jonathan. God bless you, mate. We love uh, all that you do on The Chosen. Looking forward to season four. May the Lord bless you and make his face shine upon you. Thanks for your time. Amen. Thank you, brother. God bless. Bye. Chatting with Dallas Jenkins, who is the creator of The Chosen. Welcome along to this special edition of History Makers. Mate, I was one of the early adopters. I started watching in season one. We made donations. We were believing that it was going to change the world. And here we are, almost season four. Uh, tell us about season four. You know, there's a lot of people that haven't seen it yet, uh, seen, you know, one, two, and three. Uh, let's yeah. try and convert people. Why should they watch The Chosen? Well, first of all, thank you. Thanks for having me on and for your kind words. Uh, the Chosen is a historical drama. So whether you are a Christian or not, whether you're a believer or not, and we, and uh, you may have skepticism going into this. In fact, I would say 80% of our viewers started out reluctant. They either didn't want to watch another Bible show, uh, they thought it would be cheesy or poorly done like they, a lot of other ones they've seen, or they were faithful Christians who were concerned that it wouldn't be biblical. Uh and they've seen things that maybe aren't directly from Scripture, and so that concerns them. But one of the things I would say is, if you listen to the people who've seen it, and now it's anywhere from 150 to 250 million people have seen at least one episode, the common thing we hear is, uh, either if you're a non-believer, it's, wow, I found myself binge-watching all three seasons because this is a historical drama and I love good television and I'm interested in seeing stories of the most influential human ever. <laughs> um, or if you're a believer, people saying, wow, I have never thought of this before and it's making my experience with Bible reading even more enriched. Uh, no one is saying it's replacing the Bible for me. They're all saying I'm reading the Bible more or I'm more in love with Jesus than before. And now the Bible has come to life for me in a way that maybe I, it couldn't quite when it was just words on a page for me. I'm a more visual learner, so now it's helping me. All of those things have been proven true over these first three seasons. Season four, this is where things really get even deeper and richer, in my opinion. Uh, this is the midpoint. This is the beginning of the end. This is where we explore some themes that are um, more mature than anything we've explored. If you look at season three, that was challenging too. Uh, Simon and Eden, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it yet, but Simon and Eden experience a miscarriage, while at the same time they're seeing other people healed. Little James, who is crippled and is a follower of Jesus, uh, played by an, a handicapped actor, uh, asking questions of, hey, you're asking me to heal others, and yet I haven't healed, been healed. What is that about? The, asking questions that we ask today, 
And in season four, we go full on into that. We experience loss. We experience suffering. Jesus is sad in season four because he's getting closer and closer to Holy Week. And um, when you see Jesus sad and Jesus frustrated, which is from Scripture, it makes you go, my goodness, uh, how do we avoid that in the future? How do I avoid making Jesus sad? And uh, that's hopefully... uh, what happens in season four, but I think just watching all four seasons or the first three seasons, if you haven't seen them yet, is going to give you a wide variety of emotions that hopefully is true of most good television. Well, I can't wait to see it out in cinemas. It's going to be massive. And, you know, I just had shivers up my spine when you were just talking about little James, who is an actor who has cerebral palsy and scoliosis, um, because my son has cerebral palsy. And I'm a pastor. I see people healed regularly in my church and in my ministry. Uh, my son, who's 18, uh, hasn't been healed yet, and we're believing for it one day. And we cried. We wept in that scene. I'm crying now. Um, just because you brought in the reality of not everyone gets healed, uh, but you can still heal others. Uh, you are tackling those tough subjects. Um, tell us why you're going there and you're you know, doing these controversial things in your show? Because it's, you know, it's making people ask a lot of questions, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I think that if we're going to be authentic in this show, we have no choice but to explore all of the questions and struggles and doubts that people face when it comes to Christianity. Why does God allow suffering? Mm. Why does he heal some and not others? Mm. Uh, Where is Jesus in the midst of war, of oppression, of tribalism? Mm. Uh, The the disciples at that time, the the followers, the, the, the Jewish people at that time were thinking, okay, Messiah's here. That means we win. Yeah. That means we, we win a war. That means we overcome our oppressors. And when that didn't happen, that caused a lot of confusion and frustration. Yeah. And I think today, when we look at this, we, you look at someone like uh, Nick V or Johnny Erickson Tata, heroes of the faith today who have been either uh, experiencing suffering for decades, or in the case of Nick uh, Vujicic, who's got no arms and legs, who believes that he could be healed, but hasn't been. Why is that? Mm. And you can't look at Nick or Johnny or anyone else and go, they don't have faith. They're not faithful and, uh, and, and, and passionate followers of Jesus. So what is the deal? We have to explore those questions, or otherwise we can't give any answers to the skeptic that are believable or rational. Mm. And so I do believe there are good answers to those questions. But you don't get to those by glossing over the pain or the struggle. And the Christian walk is oftentimes suffering. Mm, I love now, the way. There's a joy and a peace. Yeah, there, I, yeah, there's a joy and a peace that passes all understanding. That doesn't that doesn't uh, make us immune from the from the suffering. Yeah, I love the way you tackle those subjects, uh, like uh, Matthew being on the spectrum uh, as well with Asperger's. I love the way you tackle those things, and you know because they were, they were a bunch of ordinary unschooled fishermen and and tax collectors, and you know they're a ragtag crew, and you paint that. Uh, picture very well in the in the series. Now, uh, a lot of people have asked me, you know, uh, on, uh, a lot of people are surprised that not all the actors and, you know, the, the crew are Christians. Um, are there many stories and testimonies of people going, yep, okay, this is the best thing ever. I'm in. I want to be, I want to be a follower of Jesus. Are you, are you hearing stories like this? Of course. And, and I don't, I don't share names or, you know, personal stories from within our family uh, of the chosen unless they choose to. And, uh, you know, there's been a few who have gone public with it. Uh, uh, Nick Shakur, who plays Zebedee, has been very vocal about his uh, conversion experience on on the show. Um, but yeah, it's it for us, it's similar to, you know, if you hire a, a team of people to build your house, or even if you want to go further, build your church, 
or print a Bible and deliver it to people. You're not going to ask the testimony of the driver of the truck that's delivering the Bibles. You're not going to make sure that the owner of the printing company uh, has the same, uh, not only faith, but denomination that you do. Uh, you want the best people. Uh, you, you, as long as the message doesn't change, the content doesn't change, you want the best people for the job. And so on the Chosen, our cast and crew come from a wide, wide range of backgrounds, faith traditions, lack thereof. Uh, we just, as long as you're willing to work hard for the show, and so many of our uh, our, our family members uh, on the cast and crew work so hard for the show, even though they don't share the faith of maybe some of our viewers or of myself, I think that's a beautiful thing. And uh, yes, we've seen many, many stories of people who've been impacted by it on set. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, my job is to make the best show that I can that honors Jesus and the Gospels. And uh, whoever can help me do that is is welcome. Well, Dallas, thank you for all you're doing, mate. We're praying that the world will be impacted by season four and the and the next ones to come. Are you going to come down under and visit us in Australia one day? A hundred percent. I have so many friends from Australia. John, uh, the apostle, was played by an Aussie. Uh, I, uh, I can't wait to get there eventually. I promise you I will come and we'll make sure that uh, we say hi in person. Awesome, mate. God bless you. Thanks for your time. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. There you'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater and my challenge to you now is to go and make history.